we're not having crack. It's usually like my, my, my mental marker for, for when we start. But uh, here, here we are. So, uh, hello, welcome to today's episode of Juice and the Numbers, your statistics and sports podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Tracing. And I'm still the other guy, Corwin Heller. And, um,. If you're listening to this over the over the, whatever format you typically listen to it, it is mildly different. We've switched from recording over Discord to recording over Zoom, which means that there's now a visual component to the show. Um, it has taken us two years and over 200 episodes to get to the point where we figured we might as well actually start doing this on video and look at each other in the face like most people do. But uh, better late than never, I guess. Here we are. We're finally doing it. So do you ever feel like wondering if you ever wondered what it looks like while we actually record this shit now you can find out hey um and i'm treating this as an excuse for myself personally to go through all my hats so now that it's visual i'm going to start cycling through all my hats so for the first episode we got we got the black and gold new york knicks hat boom that's the first as hat number one i guess hat number two because i wore my negro league baseball or no New York Cubans hat when we were talking with Keith about the Negro Leagues, but there we I'm go. Not wearing a hat. Not yet. It'll come. Give it time. Do, 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 do. All right. Um, so anyway, man, we are still trying to catch up because it's been um, a fucking crazy busy couple weeks uh, in terms of what we've been up to with this show having guests on and what's been going on in the world of sports. So we're fine. We're still trying to catch up a little bit. Um, so it, to that effect, we figured we would talk about our bold predictions, NFL awards and honors, which fit into bold predictions and NFL hall of fame, all of which got announced like a week or so ago. So none of this is new, but we have been busy. So it's taken us some time. Um, but anyway, Corwin, you ready to get started? I am. This is so new and different. I got to, you know, make active reminders like, hey, don't be throwing my laptop around. Don't be picking my nose and eating it. You know, keep my dick in my pants. Just all stuff that normally is just, you know, willy nilly. Let's just see how it goes. And got to keep it all under control. Yeah, keep your fingers where we can see them, buddy. There they are. All eight of them. Uh <laughs> Uh, all right, so let's start with the bold predictions. Um, Corwin, do you want to start or do you want me to here? Uh, I can start. All right, do you want to start with the award section or the prediction section? I want to start with predictions. All right, cool. Let it rip. All right, my first prediction. Dude, fuck NFLnetwork.com for just putting in you know what? You got to start. I, I got to deal with muting all of these website pop-ups that just all started <laughs> at once. I'm just. <sighs> so, you know, what's crazy is um, my first prediction involves Tom Brady and it's wrong. So I went to pro football reference and I typed in Tom and the first two names that came up were Tom Brady and LaDainian Tomlinson. And I was like, oh, shit, love LaDainian Tomlinson. And they Tom Brady's career, you know, as it says on Pro Football Reference, has gone from 2000 to 2020 because they count the first year of the season since it overlaps. Uh, and LaDainian Tomlinson, 2001 to when do you think LaDainian Tomlinson retired? 20. 
13. 2011. Ooh, that was my first guess. And then I was like, nah, and I think he I think he stuck around two years with like the Jets and, and just was it's, bad. And it's uh, just wild to me though that like Ladanian Tomlinson, who has been out of the league for a while and is in the like Ladanian Tomlinson had an NFL Hall of Fame career, retired, had to wait the requisite five years, and then made the Hall of Fame. And it's been like three years since that, and Tom Brady's still playing. God, I hate it. I hate it so much. Uh, so my first prediction was, I, I know, I, yeah. My first prediction was Tom Brady finally starts to show his age, and no, nope. um, he he just isn't. As compared to last year, he had uh, more completions on fewer attempts, a higher completion percent, six hundred more yards than he had last year, fourteen more touchdowns. His touchdown percent was three entire points higher. Uh, four more interceptions, but uh, with how much other success he had, it does, that does, doesn't even fucking matter, the 12 interceptions, which is his highest point since 2011. But again, who gives a fuck? Um, yards per attempt, 7.6. That's up. Yards, uh, average, no, sorry, air yards per attempt, right? Adjusted yards, fuck me. Adjusted yards per attempt up from last year. Yards per completion up from last year. Yards per game up from last year. Quarterback rating is fucking 14 points higher from last year. QBR is 17 points higher than last year. He took fewer sacks for fewer sack yards. I mean, every single oh, every single metric that you could possibly ask for, he did better in this year. And that it's stupid. It's absolutely stupid, and I hate it. And I hate it because I can't argue against it. It sucks. I'm not enjoying it. Um, end of end of rant. So no, <laughs> my my first prediction is, is a miss. That's fair. Uh, my first prediction: three rookie wide receivers. I almost said Wookie, and one running <laughs> back. Wookie wide fucking made the Pro Bowl this year, guys. Who would have thought? Um, three rookie wide receivers. I can't avoid it now. Three <laughs> rookie wide receivers and one running back make the Pro Bowl. This was basically on the back of the wide receivers coming in in the first round. Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, uh, and C.D. Lamb were all going to situations where they would either be on high-functioning offenses like the Cowboys or coming into a position where they would be getting a large quantity of targets, being given a large share of, uh, you know, uh, the percentage of the offense, guys like Jerry Judy in Denver, you know, Henry Ruggs in uh, Vegas, and would be able to perform. And there's always a rookie running back, you know, that goes into a situation just destined for high touches, high octane high octane offense guy you know Clyde Edwards Hilaire was a perfect example this year if they let him be the workhorse uh, didn't really work out so only Justin Jefferson the second round wide receiver or no he was the first round but the fourth first round receiver um made the pro bowl it sucks because since they didn't physically hold the Pro Bowl this year, there wasn't that huge wave of guys saying no and forcing alternates to come in, which is usually how it goes and was definitely a part of the thought process when I was putting this together. Didn't happen. Only one. It's okay. It's a failure, though. 
Uh, I, I I'm with it. Um, my next one is hilarious um, because it came so it couldn't have been less accurate. Um, and that is that the Jets win the AFC East. The Jets finished with the second worst record in all of football. <laughs> uh, like literally could not be the, the, the Jets were a mere 11 wins back. The craziest From, thing is that they were closer to finishing without a single win than they were finishing in third place. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they were closer to finishing without a single win than they were getting five wins. Like, the, oh, man. it Yeah. Yeah. So not even worth spending any real time on it. The Jets are awful. Uh, what's that face? I'm just <laughs> thinking about the Jets. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's brutal. But Hey, at least you got the top pick and you guys will get Trevor Lawrence. Hey, yeah. or Urban Meyer does some more fucked up shit and ends up fumbling the bag on the Jets get Trevor Lawrence anyway. Who the fuck knows? You know, I I do love how people are just coming to terms with how Urban Meyer fucking sucks. Join the club, guys. We all know it. Cancel doesn't make you a good dude. Uh, da, 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 da. All right. Uh, you up on the next one? No, I'm up on the next one. You're That's up on the, the whole one. point. Pat Mahomes breaks Peyton Manning's NFL record for touchdowns in a single season with 55. That didn't happen. Pat Mahomes threw 38 touchdowns in 16 games this year. If you want to count the playoffs, he broke it. But he not didn't. how it works. That's not how that works, so. Didn't quite have that record-setting year. Uh, still had a hell of a good season, though. Went to the Super Bowl, as we all know. Wait, if, you count, if you count playoffs, he didn't break it. He had four passing touchdowns in the playoffs. Uh, I meant all playoffs. Oh, that's silly. Okay. And not at all because I don't have to count. Moving on. <laughs> What's your third one, Josh? That's <laughs> uh, Okay. Uh, this, the third, my third one actually did come true. Um, woo. That's uh, the giant, not the giants, the, um, Niners wrong San Francisco team. The Niners failed to make the playoffs. This was a somewhat bold prediction at the time because they were coming off of a Super Bowl appearance, uh, in which they lost to the chiefs. Uh, and it ended up coming like very true. Um, in that I would have assumed, I, I, I haven't listened to it back, but I, I would have guessed my rationale was that the NFC West was very competitive. And so they might have a good season, but just not make it. Um, whereas what ended up happening is they went six and 10 and d finished fourth in the division. Didn't even have a chance. Um, so, I mean, full points for Josh. I mean, whew, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Always. but uh, not we the way I thought it was going to happen. So, you know, we, when in we doubt, decide give these the factors. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that one's a win. That one I got. Niners did not make the playoffs. Excellent. Um, boo, boo, boo. Next up for me, Hayden Hurst finishes the year as tight end four. And Rob Gronkowski finishes outside of the top ten. So I have some fantasy points here. 
Uh, I don't know if this is um, the standard scoring, but it's what I'm going with because it's what I have in front of me. Um, I will say Rob Gronkowski finished outside of the top 10, if I can count with I've been twice now, 6, 9, 12, he finished tight end 13. Uh, so I got that. Hayden Hurst finished at number 10. So, or number nine, excuse me. So I also got this one wrong. I guess technically we give ourselves half credit, right? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Half a point for Corwin. You go, Corwin. You're the fucking. I'm about to give myself a half a point. So, yeah, I'm, yeah I fully it. endorse it. Uh, so, my, my next one, I'm giving myself. Oh, maybe I only really. Did, I don't get any points for this at all. Actually, I, I really can't twist it. Um, is that Dan- Daniel Jones carries the Giants to uh, the playoffs. Now, the Giants did not make the playoffs, but came super close because that division is fucking garbage. Um, like, and it, it, it's not a technical, it's because it's not like, it's not the same as like the, the Giants win um, fucking 10 and six, but the uh, Washington team went 11 and five. Nope, nope. Well, Giants went six and 10. Washington, seven and nine. <laughs> now the team was good. Um, Giants were bad, and the only thing making the Giants good, I don't think, was Daniel Jones. Or the Daniel Jones wasn't the thing that kept the Giants in the running. I guess I should say um, he didn't have a terrible year, but throwing for under three thousand yards and um, a one to one touchdown to interception ratio <laughs> is pretty bad. Eleven touchdown passes on ten interceptions is yeesh so no um in fact if anything with how close the giants were to making the playoffs they might have missed out because of daniel jones um so (laughs) that was kind of the argument i was going to make when you first brought it up like man i i don't know if you could ever argue he made it or they almost made the playoffs because of what he was doing no I, i was trying to try to give myself a little bit of credit on the fact that they came close but yeah, so they n- no no part of this was right. No points for Josh. You're up. Understood. Number four for me, Ben Roethlisberger is the best passer in the AFC North, and the Steelers win the division. Well, the Steelers won the division. Ben Roethlisberger was not the best passer in the AFC North, though. And as much as it pains me to say it, it was Baker Mayfield. Man, ah, oh, that hurts. Ah. Oh. Fuck. Had a good year. But I get another half point because that's the way we roll. That's the way the news goes. It's the way the cookie crumbles. This one I also got very wrong. It is that the Jacksonville Jaguars finish with a hot finish higher in the standings than Houston. Jacksonville Jaguars finish higher in the standings than nobody. They had the worst record. In the NFL. Now, if we count the standings as the draft order, then yeah, this one's true. That is not what I wrote. So, uh, no points. That's really funny. You picked I, the only team that didn't finish higher than anyone. And what's crazy about it is that it still was kind of close because Jacksonville only won one game. Houston only won four. If Jacksonville yeah, had a they, bad season instead of an abysmal season, this would have been really close to coming true. After week one, this looked really good. What's and it's so funny because you could give 
Jacksonville, all of the Jets wins, and they still wouldn't accomplish this feat. <laughs> anyway. You know what? I see. I say you carry over this prediction for next year because I guarantee you you'll win it. <laughs> guarantee. Oh, Corwin Heller guarantee right here. Corwin Heller guarantees it. All right. Give me yours. Number five, Adam Gase is fired midseason, but the damage is already done to Sam Darnold, and he never steps up. Um, they conveniently waited until after the season to fire Adam Gase, and Sam Darnold didn't really step up. And we like the whole point of that was like after he gets fired, he doesn't really come back and, and show anything better with a new play caller, a new, you know, offensive system, this, that, whatever. Um, didn't really get to see that. So a solid zero here for Corwin. Yeah. I I wish I seem happy about that one. I wish that was what had happened. Yeah. But uh yeah, no. Uh, my next one also did not come true. It was Kirk Cousins gets COVID. Um, we talked about this during the midseason go through of this because Kirk Cousins was like, I don't think COVID's all that serious, but I'm doing, and I think the all this shit's kind of lame, but I'm doing it because they told me to. And Corden and I were both like, you're a fucking asshole. And that means that it's you probably even- aren't following all these rules in your personal life, only doing it when people look at you. So my assumption was, I treated him as a as a case for the NFL, assuming that we were going to get a neither of us assumed at the beginning of the season that this season was going to run a, in completion. Um, oh, yeah, your Kirk Cousins would have been the poster child of that should that have happened. Um, but fortunately, this did not come true. Um, but I still think Kirk Cousins stormed the Capitol. So. <laughs> do we have any <laughs> that took far too long to just you know i really snuck that one in there yeah um <laughs> do we have any proof he didn't uh no no and you know what the honest of proof is on him so it's true we're, that's we're gonna how, need some that, receipts i was gonna say that's how the justice system works but i do not want to talk about the u.s justice system right I'll, now. So. i'll i'll hit up kirk on parlor and see what he says <laughs> how could julie allow this to happen I expected more from her. Do you like that? You like that? Oh, my God. Do you think he shouts that after sex? I think he shouted that when he burst into the Senate chambers. (laughs) Kirk Cousins got sacked so many times. He was like, I got to do some sacking myself. He sacked the Capitol. Kirk has done nothing to us to deserve this kind of hate, <laughs> but at the same time, I don't give a shit. I, I think every Vikings fan would agree with 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 uh, this unwarranted slander. <laughs> Fuck. All right. Number six. <laughs> a player gets ejected for intentionally spitting on another player. Double points if it's Nadamakan Sue or Richie Incognito. Of all of my predictions, I thought I'd get wrong. This was not one of them. I thought this one would have been hook, line, and sinker, easy layup. Some asshole's going to do something. No one ever did. <sighs> Fucking dumb. Now, we did see some fines early on for uh, coaches um, not wearing their masks on the sidelines, I think. Um, 
fucking what's the guy with the Raiders fucking uh, Gruden? Yeah, uh, John Gruden. Yeah, John Gruden got fined early on. Oh, someone else got fined early on too. Was it Tomlin? No. Uh, I think he was. I think there was a handful of coaches that. Yeah, were. As as it, like, it wasn't uncommon because I think a lot of the coaches were like, "I'm trying to be heard." and the mask is getting in the way, which I understand that a lot more than the breathing's hard um, kind of thing because it will muffle your sound a little bit. But at the same time, hey, guess what? There's a pandemic. Um, so, but yeah, but yeah, no, nothing nothing malicious happened in that respect. I guess Alvin Kamara. Is that, that's, not, that's not malicious. It's just being shitty. One isn't it being shitty? Yeah. All right. Uh, my next one is Rob Gronkowski plays in under eight games. This was born out of the idea that Gronk had or has been notoriously not healthy due to like just being like who he is. Like his he he is an injury prone person. It's not like he does anything stupid to get himself injured. Like um, he just has a body that hates him. Um, and the fact that he missed or not missed, but set out for one or two seasons. I forget how many. One season. So the, one season. Okay. So the idea being that like, you know, missed time, not used to taking the hits, not a um, healthy player anyway. He wouldn't get to, to eight. Uh, he did. Um, Rob Gronkowski played and started in all 16 games, which honestly good for him. Um, yeah. I can't hold I, that against him. No, no. I mean, like, Corwin and I will always root for healthy players over non-healthy players, even if they're people we don't particularly care for. And I don't even dislike Gronk. I just hate the fact he was good on the Patriots. Um, but, yeah, he played in all 16. So, good for Gronk. Um, but, no, I get no points for this. Neither. All right. Number seven. <laughs> Leonard Fournette Lenny beats his 2019 receptions total and quadruples his touchdown total um for some reason his shit's not coming up here it is uh he had six touchdowns this season to go along with his uh 36 receptions um so he had twice as many rushing touchdowns the same number of receiving touchdowns and half as many receptions so once again i got this one wrong such is life. Such is life. All right. Uh, my next one is the only other one I think I'm getting right, and that is that New England finishes third in the division, which hey. is so odd to get that one right because it seems like a crapshoot with standings, but I got that one right. Um, Buffalo obviously had an amazing season. Miami had a weird but good season, and New England had a very mixed bag season, but – overall not the best we thought they might be better because they had belichick um they picked up cam newton who we thought might be primed for a breakout that ended up kind of never coming but not exactly his fault um and it's just they just never really put it together combined with the fact that the other two teams in the division had a really great season and they couldn't have gotten any lower because there was a bedrock of the afc's holding down fourth place there so uh yeah this one i get full points for 
fuck the Patriots. Yeah. Fuck the Patriots. The funniest thing is you were talking about the Patriots finishing third, and I was like, no, Tom Brady went to the playoffs. There's no way they finished third in the division. And then it was like me like looking it up, and it's like, what? No, they did finish third. How did they go? Oh. 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 Fuck. I hate this fucking guy. <laughs> and I yeah. have no reason why. <laughs> Tom Brady is not a likable man. It's funny though, like he kind of is. Like if he wasn't this good, he would be. Like if he no, was just I, like I genuinely uh, think even off the field, he's not a he's not a likable guy. He he he's a fucking MAGA person. He's obnoxious. He believes in all that weird pseudoscience that all of us hate that gets pushed on us from people we haven't talked to since high school on Facebook. Like he he's so detached from reality in like all the worst ways. And he's like, ah, I don't know. I find him to be a very abrasive person. Fair enough. Speaking of which, my eighth prediction, the Patriots finished last in the AFC East. Quote, oh, you I sweet need this child. on record because most of me, part of me, most of me refuses to believe this can happen. It didn't happen. Fucking Jets. Fucking Jets, baby. We're here to ruin everybody's day. Your predictions, my fandom, all of it's on the table to get fucked by the Jets. Ah, we suck. You know what's funny is I think I now have an equivalent number of Knicks hats to Jets hats, and I've been a Jets fan far longer than I've been a Knicks fan, but we are that bad as a franchise. Like, I look up my, like, the one Jets hat I wear frequently, and I'm like, this is enough. This is this is enough. I, I don't might need get, to advertise this anymore. I might I might get like a second worth or I guess a third one later at some point, but I, I'm not in a rush. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited to go there. There's so many fucking hats, man. I got a lot of fucking hats. Anyway, we'll get there. Uh all right. My my ninth prediction was that Chicago oh, we lost Corwin. Chicago cuts Mitch Trubisky. Now they ended up benching him like three games into the season or something. Um, and it seemed like it was going to go in that direction. And I think they're not picking up his fifth year option. Oh man. I need Corbin to help me with this. I don't, what's the current fate of Mitch Trubisky? I don't think it's good. Um, the they didn't pick up the option, in, right? He's still on the team. He's still under contract, but he still sucks too. So, okay. was was he on uh, in any trade rumors we saw? Fucking no, Nick Foles was in the trade rumors. Yeah, he was the one being rumored to maybe be traded for once. Mm-hmm. Um, is he still under contract? Damn. Anyway, uh, so no, this didn't come true. Um, it probably should have. Honestly, I don't know what. The Bears aren't going to get anything of value, and with how high of a draft pick, they might as well. Okay, All so right. hold on. I just fucking Googled Mitchell Trubisky, and I just need to cut in here and say the first result is a article titled Mitchell Trubisky can salvage his career by using Jameis Winston's wisdom. And I have no idea what the fuck they're talking about. 
All I know is that is an outrageous headline that I refuse to click on. I didn't believe you, and I'm looking right at it. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Also, I don't understand what spot track has for mitch hmm. trubisky for this year because no, he's actually 2021 a free agent. i uh, yeah well yeah they didn't oh, they, he, he has a fifth he year is, option yeah. they just didn't pick it up right okay that's what i thought all right so mitchell trubisky did not get cut they opted to just kind of let this contract die which okay i mean it was a cap hit of 9.3 they would have only saved i guess a hundred thousand dollars by cutting him which i guess at that point isn't worth it um but no, I can't. I can't finagle any points out of this. No points for Josh. No points for you. None. All right. I guess that means I'm up. That's how you're figuring works. it out. Only took you nine, ten picks. And it's only like we've done this, you know, six, seven, eight times now. Um, number nine, Joe Brady, offensive coordinator of the Carolina Panthers, wins the NFL Assistant Coach of the Year. Uh, he did not. That was Brian Dable, offensive coordinator of the Buffalo Bills, who, by all means, as much as I'd love to talk up my pick and say he deserved it, this was, he was robbed. No, like Brian Dable, he fucking killed it this year. He deserves it. All right. Uh, I think that leaves one left for me. Ah, yes. Aaron Donald gets traded. So this was under the uh, assumption that the Rams continue to have a terrible year as they did last year, um, or at least a not great year. And the Rams needing to shed payroll, recuperate picks, and in general, start something of a even mild tear down to kind of just reset a little bit. However, the Rams managed to pick themselves back up. I said they had a terrible year last year. The Rams finished nine and seven. That's actually not even that bad. Um, anyway, uh, Rams had a good year, made the playoffs, got fucked because they weren't really that great. Um, and Aaron Donald got hurt and now they're spending more money that no one knows how they have and, um, giving away more picks that no one realized they still possessed, um, in order to get better, which, uh, man, the Rams are trying so hard to do what the Dodgers do and are so much worse at it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're not wrong. Like there's two LA teams that are out there acquiring every player they can possibly fucking imagine. And the Dodgers are going to be the most fear team in all of baseball this upcoming season, even more so than they were last year. Um, and the Rams are a gigantic question mark. The difference is the Dodgers have the ability to replenish talent with a farm system and use the farm system to acquire talent where the Rams don't have a farm system because football. And At this truly- point, all 31 other teams are the Rams farm system. That's how this is working. Fair. Fair. Um but there's this salary cap thing that's kind of a big deal. That also apparently means nothing. Somehow. Uh, you know what? The The biggest difference maker for the Rams next season 
telling us to whether or not they make the playoffs or win their division is probably going to end up being whether or not Russell Wilson is still on the team on the Seahawks. Which isn't – we should talk about this rumor at some point, but at the same time, there's not really enough information for us to really add anything to it other Look, than – the Jets give the Seahawks it. their picks back for Jamal Adams. The Seahawks give us Russell Wilson. And then the Jets also get Deshaun Watson. Boom, two QB sets all day. You, you do Deshaun, downs one and two. Russ downs three and four, and you never lose a game again. Fuck off is the only response. I'll uh, I'll warrant that. Because all you know, the the, the Texans are going to cut Deshaun Watson the same way they did for JJ Watt, right? Two guys that deserve respect, and then the Jets just have to buy him with money. Uh, oh no, sorry, the Texans are garbage people and had cut JJ Watt out of respect and are holding Deshaun Watson hostage because they hate him. So hear me out. No. The Texans cut J.J. Watt. Yes. They cut Deshaun Watson. J.J. Watt wants to go play in Pittsburgh with his brothers. He signs there. Minimum deal, as you do. The Steelers trade for Deshaun Watson by sending them Sam Darnold from the Jets. And in return, the Jets take all of Deshaun's Watson, Deshaun Watson's salary put it on their books so the Steelers can afford them. We send you Ben Roethlisberger and his entire contract. So the Steelers get Watt and Watson. The Texans get Sam Darnold. And the Jets get a big-ass bill and 40-year-old Ben Roethlisberger. How do you feel about that? And a lot of good faith in the NFL. Like, Like 30 players to be named later. So much good exposure. All the PT. Just really good There's exposure. PT and else. Yes. Acronyms. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. Yes. I could see Maybe. I could see a three team trade where um the, the the Jets absorb actually are there three team trades in the NFL? There could be. But are there <laughs> I've never heard of one. Because I I mm, I was wondering if Brock Osweiler had one, but I don't think he technically did. I think the Browns just kind of took him and sent him away. Um, Because I could see a situation in which if three team trades were a thing, the Jets trade, give picks to Houston for Deshaun Watson, take on salary from Ben Roethlisberger for the Steelers, in exchange for the Steelers sending some mid-round picks to the Texans. So that way the Steelers have don't have earned and cap hell if if Ben chooses not to retire by only spending a couple of mid-round picks no one would care about on the team. The Jets would have to give a little bit less capital in exchange for just some money, and then the Texans would get more picks and then get rid of Deshaun Watson, who does not want to be there. It wouldn't be super ideal for Pittsburgh because the return there isn't quite as good. There might need to be like a low-end starter thrown in from the Texans. To- Give us an offensive lineman just to throw one in there. Yeah, it's not gonna, like it's, it fucking matters for them anyway. Titus Howard, Titus Howard would be a great throw-in because Larry they're not... They- <laughs> hey, if you're selling, if you're selling <laughs> your players for the way they've been selling them, yeah, we could probably make that work. Uh, not that the Steelers could afford Tunsil right now, but... Uh, Titus Howard on a rookie deal, 
playing right tackle for them probably would move to left for us and and the Texans are pretty much giving up on him so yeah sell the farm yeah let's go yeah um yeah so we need to end the podcast so we could hop on the phone and, and make all of this start to happen why aren't we the gms of every team um Boy, there's so many ways to answer it. So I'm Look, just going to say nepotism. The Giants should hire us because if they're willing to give Dave Gettleman complete control over a team that he has no ability to do anything productive with, they should give us a chance to ruin the team for a couple years and see how we do. Honestly, we can't be much worse than Gettleman. Yeah, I don't think we'd be worse. I think the brain trust of, of Heller and Tracy would get it done. I mean, both of us. Both of us at the time said that while Saquon Barkley was an amazing running back and on the board at three, the Giants should take a quarterback. They didn't. They took Barkley. And then both of us were like, why the fuck are they taking Daniel Jones when they took Daniel Jones? And that has worked out poorly. Neither of us would have made. I was also fighting for Dwayne Haskins. So fuck us. (laughs) But but you were fighting for Dwayne Haskins in the draft that they had taken Daniel Jones, which if they had taken a quarterback in the Saquon Barkley draft, they wouldn't be in a position to take a quarterback. True. Ooh, 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 ooh. I'm going to do a deep dive here, Josh. I'm going to look up that 2018 draft where they drafted Jones. And, Jones or Barkley, you mean? Uh, Jones. Uh, actually, I'm going to pull up both because we'll see what quarterback they would have taken and we would be able to see who they would be able to have taken um, that next year. So let's see. So 2017 draft is not the one I'm looking for. I'm looking for 2018. That's when Barkley was drafted. He was drafted second overall behind Baker Mayfield. Why did I, think he was I would have drafted fucking Josh Rosen, so I don't know if I would have had a job at this point. But the next quarterback taken was Sam Darnold. We can kind of just piece that one in there. To answer. Yeah, we could give him Josh Allen, who was a big guy or a big name. Um, I think the consensus was Sam Darnold as much as I loved Rosen, as much as you know, Matt Miller loved Josh Allen, as much as Adam Gase knew who Sam Darnold was. Um, I think Darnold would have been the picket too, which in 2019, where they took Daniel Jones at six, they could have taken Ed Oliver. They could have taken uh, they would Jonah Williams at eleven went to Cincinnati. He was a left guard, left tackle, you know, swing player that could have done both. I think that would have been an excellent pick for them if they didn't go edge rusher, which by all means they shouldn't have because build the trenches. Uh, the offensive line needed it. so. And then they could have gotten Leonard Fournette after he had gotten cut from Jacksonville, which obviously they couldn't have predicted at the time, but that's something that happened over the course of these few years. Even then, you know, second-round pick, I don't see... No, because... Did they trade up at any point? Because I don't see them having a second-round pick here. Uh, I don't it doesn't know. matter. They yeah. could have they could have easily grabbed a, a solid running back in the middle rounds. Yeah. That's not at all an, a worry. <sighs> all 
I still have two predictions left. If, if we, oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, that. sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. Let's finish. Um, yeah. Number ten, the best prediction so far. This one is a goddamn gem, and I know you're gonna love it. You have any idea of what it was? I don't remember. No. Tom Brady misses the playoffs. Hey, that came super not true. <laughs> I I have accumulated one total point so far through my two half points. I think I should just get taken right off the board. I'm giving myself negative one for this. Yeah, I I, I actually think you kind of earned that. Yeah, I, I know I earned it. Um, and then, of course, I gave myself a super secret secret. Uh, number 11. Mitchell Trubisky loses starting job to a player who threw seven touchdowns in a game because he throws seven interceptions in a game. He didn't. He did not. It's actually, do you, did he throw seven interceptions all year? I can almost guarantee it, but let's see uh, when that happened. Yeah, the question is, did Mitch Trubisky play enough for that to happen? <laughs> uh, let's see. Week one. Three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Week two, two touchdowns. He did. But did he do it before getting benched? No. He threw three before getting benched. And then came back and then threw the rest. So, oh, well. Zero points for Corwin. That's okay, buddy. It happens. (laughs) Yeah, it happens. All right, let's talk about our, um, our awards predictions. Sure. All right. Uh, fuck, I pulled these up. Where the hell did I put them? I didn't pull up the winners, so I'm just going to rely on you to do that. Okay. I've got them, but they're not in the order that we wrote them in. Um, so the first one I have is Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, I had put C.D. Lamb. It was actually Justin Herbert. Who did you have? For rookie of the year, I had Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Well, again, there's so we have gone through this several times because it feels like it's never the same. There was because when we first started doing this, there was an offensive rookie of the year, a defensive rookie of the year, and then a rookie of the year. Or we thought there was. Right. Because of um fucking god damn it, Dallas, what's his fucking name? Zeke. Dak. No, Z- Dak. Dak Prescott. Because he had won some Rookie of the Year award when Zeke had won Offensive Rookie of the Year, or so I thought. And now I'm going to have to look this shit up again. And we look this shit up every single time we do this. Okay, so in 2016, Dak won AP Offensive Rookie of the Year. And now what about Zeke Elliott? Pro football reference. Oh, boy. boy. No, nothing. Okay, So, so it's only offensive and defensive. Okay. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. All right. So only offensive and defensive. I'm, I'm, I'm highlighting these two on my fucking spreadsheet so I don't forget this next year. All right. So then to that effect, for defensive rookie of the year, I had Chase Young. Who did you have? Chase Young. And it was Chase Young. So we both get points on this one. That was like the easiest prediction ever. Yeah, I know. Um. For because I had overall rookie of the year, I had Joe Burrow, who also did not get any love because he also got hurt. Um, plus, Justin Herbert had a great year. Not to discount Justin Herbert. Um, yeah, but, I don't think we talked about the Joe Burrow or not Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert versus Justin Jefferson. 
Um, I can see the merit in both. Obviously, both had seasons deserving of the award. And in most other years, they both would have won it, respectively. Um, That being said, I personally would have voted for Justin Herbert. As, you know, all the love I gave him in the draft process, you know, he was my top quarterback, number one, through and through. Definitely didn't have him at, like, number four, fucking some shit. Uh, But hell of a fucking year. Really just put all the doubters to sleep. Really just showed that he is a a special quarterback. Yeah, Just for reference, since Corwin brought it up, uh, Justin Herbert's line – uh, 16 games, uh, all of them as a starter. Sorry, 15 games, all of them as a starter. Went six and nine, uh, six, 66.6% completion percent, 4,336 yards, 31 touchdowns to 10 interceptions, uh, 289.1 yards per game, a quarterback rating of 98.3. Um, took 32 sacks. Jesus Christ. Um, it's honestly not that many. Uh, I guess actually, yeah. Um, an approximate value of 13, which um, for uh, if you don't if you lack the context is actually quite good uh, on Pro Football Reference. Uh, by comparison, Justin Jeffries, um, sorry Jefferson, Jesus, uh, the wide receiver for the Vikings, also had a great year this year. 16 games, 14 of them as a starter, um, 125 targets, 88 receptions, 1400 yards, even um, seven touchdowns. Catch percent of 70.4, 11.2 yards per target, an approximate value of 12, which is crazy high. Um, so great seasons from both these two yeah. guys. Can we just uh, reiterate the fact that the only reason Justin Herbert even got a start is because some fucking doctor stabbed. Um, Tarot oh, Taylor. my God. Tara, yeah. Tarot Taylor in the fucking lungs. Yeah. And he's going to see zero repercussions because that's how the NFL does this shit, which is bananas. To be fair, I I think Tarad could have gone further and either pressed charges or, or filed grievance with the NFL, and he actively chose not to, uh, understanding the circumstances. So it could have gone that way, um, but I think he actively chose not to. Fucking wild. Uh all right, next up is Offensive Player of the Year. Who would you have? Offensive Player of the Year, I had Christian McCaffrey. He didn't get it. I had DeAndre Hopkins. He didn't get it either. This one went to Derrick Henry, running back from the Titans. Had himself a pretty nice year and a pretty bad playoffs, but that's okay, Derrick. Well, he had a pretty bad second game of the playoffs, but. That's neither here nor there. I'm shitting on him for no reason. Where is it then? Where's what? If it's not here, if it's not there, where is it? Oh, fuck off. <laughs> um, he had over 2,000 rushing yards, which is a lot. It's many. It is many yards. If you lack context, understand that it is many. Um, How many guys have uh, joined the 2,000 Rush Club? I know the last guy to do it was CK. CJ2K? Yeah, CJ2K, Chris Johnson. Um. I don't remember. AP did it before that. Um, I know. I think OJ did it in like twelve games. Yeah, well, um, that's just OJ. Yeah, dude, always running, running from the law, running from defenders, running from consequences. Did you hear the shit where like he went on like live video on like Twitter and was talking about like impeachment 
the impeachment trial and was like, yeah, I had my own run in in the courtroom or, you know, like I, I had my own trial. <laughs> yeah, OJ, it was called the trial of the century. There was a 10 part documentary series released like last year about it. If the glove don't fit, you must acquit. Well, lucky for us, Trump has small hands. Uh, stay come for the sports stay for the politics banter um yeah my there will uh, be plenty more of that in our sister show juicing the big screen yes check it out um it releases on tuesday josh these fucking plugs are just golden yeah this is why i keep you around not for the discourse but for the plugs you're you are the advertising king of podcasting Abe Froman, the Sausage King of Chicago. Uh, who'd you have for defensive player of the year? Or did I ask you this already? Save this one for the end. Okay, we will return. That's, ah, that's right. We will return to this. We will return to this. MVP, I think we both had Pat Mahomes here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was actually Aaron Rodgers. Um, Forgot about the discount double check. I hate you so <laughs> much. That was Good. awful. Um, yeah, hey, Josh. Pat, hey, Josh. Just yeah. double check. Fuck you. Fuck your face. Um, you called me the advertising king, and you get upset when I bring up more advertising. Are you kidding me? I'm like Don Draper over here. God. All right. Not so, a great person to compare yourself to. Well, he had all those different lives and 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 whatnot. Um, so Pat Mahomes had himself a really tidy ass season the problem is aaron Rodgers had himself just a better one um we're comparing you know great to phenomenal i i guess in some way pat mahomes uh 15 games all of them as a starter i uh, went 14 and one jesus anyway um 66.3 percent completion percent 4740 yards 38 touchdowns, as Corwin mentioned earlier, on six interceptions. His 1% interception percent was the best in the NFL this year. His 316 yards per game was the best in the NFL this year. An approximate value of 17. Very like Just a great season. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers this year, 16 games, all of them as a starter. 13-3, and 70.7% completion percent, highest in the NFL. Uh, 48 touchdowns, highest in the NFL. 9.1 touchdown percent, highest in the NFL, 4,300 yards, also a 1% interception percent, tying Mahomes for best in the NFL, 9.6 uh, adjusted yards per attempt, highest in the NFL, 121.5 quarterback rating, high in the NFL, highest in the NFL, 84.3 QBR, highest in the NFL, and 8.89 Adjusted net yards per pass attempt, highest in the NFL. Uh, yeah, when you when you lead the NFL in seven passing categories, you're probably going to win MVP. <laughs> so, no shit uh, is where we're going to land on that one. Um, great year from Rodgers. Hell yeah! I'm glad he won it. He deserved it. Wish his team decided not to draft his replacement and instead. Got him weapons to win a Super Bowl, but we've had that conversation a couple of times. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Uh, coach of the year. Who'd you have? I forget. I had Mike Tomlin. Didn't win it. 
Right. I had Bruce Arians. Um, so I do feel slightly vindicated because he did just win a Super Bowl. And if we're including playoffs in the voting, which all this voting, of course, takes place um, at the conclusion of the regular season before the playoffs, then maybe. But no, it wasn't him either. It was Kevin Stefanski of the Browns. Uh, very much so deserved. He did a phenomenal job with that team. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only other Completely one I have great. left outside of looping back to defensive player of the year is comeback player of the year. Is that all you have left as well? Uh, yes. Okay. Who do you have for comeback player of the year? I had Alden Smith. All right. He didn't win it. Um, nope. <laughs> I, I actually had, didn't know who won it, so I didn't say anything. I had Alex Smith, who hey. did win it. Um, right, they're going to name this award after him. I'm convinced. I hope so. He fucking deserves it. Um, this was an obvious choice when it was announced that he was going, going to be cleared to play this season. Um, again, this, this was a, this was a, a, a locked up award, whether he played any snaps or didn't. And Alex Smith ended up actually starting for a while this year um, after mm-hmm. some other uh, Washington quarterbacks got hurt. So um, crazy year. Uh before we loop back to Defensive Player of the Year, a quick shout-out for Walter Payton, Man of the Year, the most important award that the NFL gives every season for, to Russell Wilson. Well, they don't give it every season to Russell Wilson, but they give it every season, and this year it went to Russell Wilson. <laughs> um, but it's a, it's a great award and honor, and it you know, it's so nice that the, they let you – so what happens after you win it? Um, you get it for doing charity, which is why I really can't predict it. Um, we're not going to sit here and say that someone's doing charity better than somebody else. That's just terrible. <laughs> um, but one of the things that's really great that the NFL does is that after you win the award, you get a patch of Walter Payton, of the Walter Payton Award on your jersey that you wear forever until you retire. And I love that they do that. And I actually something that I really wish other leagues did because every other league has a version of this award, a community service based award and being able to recognize who those guys are after, you know, years after they win the award. It's really nice. Like I don't remember when Drew Brees won it, but seeing Drew Brees, I know he did. And part of the reason I know he did is that every time I watch a saints game, he still has the symbol on his Jersey. And that's, that's shows that I think the NFL actually in some way performative or otherwise gives something of a shit about that recognition. And I really wish you know, like MLB has the Roberto Clemente Award, which is a similar vein award. Huh? I just said great award. Yeah. It, Roberto Clemente. And again, it's it's like it's like the best award you can win. Like the, the Walter Payton Award and the Roberto Clemente Award, those are the better than MVP. And it'd be cool if the MLB followed in the NFL's kind of footsteps with this and let you wear some type of recognition throughout all of your seasons, especially in baseball where you'll be playing – fucking 15 years of a goddamn time um even at non-quarterback positions like in the nfl where your likelihood of staying around is i don't know four years tops but anyway uh so russell wilson won walter payton man the year award good on him um but let's loop it back to defensive player of the year so i'll start um i had khalil mack he didn't win it corbin who do you have? I had uh, T.J. Watt. Who? Who won it? He won Who? it. He won it. Who? T.J. Watt. Watt. Okay. Who? Who actually won it though, Corwin? Not T.J. Watt. They gave it to Aaron Donald. Who? Listen, 
I'm going to talk some shit in this segment. We knew it was coming. I love Aaron Donald. He is the best defensive player in the NFL. I will always acknowledge that because I've seen him play football. The dude is an animal. Bar none, he is the best defensive player individually anywhere in the NFL. The way the award works is the player who performs best that season wins the award. I'll let you read through the stats. I know I sent the breakdown. I believe it was in the Discord. Uh, if we can pull that up real quick. I'll let you do it because I'm going to focus on rambling. Yeah. I understand that Aaron Donald was double teamed significantly more than TJ Watt. That's how it goes. You are that good at your job for so many years without other significant weapons on that defensive line. You're going to get double teamed. The Rams defensive line, pretty good. There's no one on that line who comes close to Aaron Donald. The Steelers defensive line is very good. There are players on that defensive line who come close to the talent that TJ Watt has. Cam Hayward is an all pro, all pro, pro bowl caliber defensive end for the Steelers. Stephon Tuart is a pro bowl defensive end for the Steelers. Bud Dupree is a pro bowl outside linebacker for the Steelers. The guys that they have are guys that you cannot leave unblocked in single coverage consistently. You can't double team TJ Watt 60% of the time like they did with Aaron Donald because it doesn't allow coverage for the rest of that line, which you need to do. It is not TJ Watt's fault that the defense is so good that you cannot double team him 100% of the time. They play different positions. It drives me absolutely insane that TJ Watt can lead in every single major category outside of fumble recoveries, forced fumbles, and still actively give the award to Aaron Donald just because of the name recognition. You know, this isn't some honorary Oscar. This isn't some John F. Kennedy, you know, lifetime achievement award. You know, this isn't, ah, there, there, it was a, tough race there wasn't really anyone who ran away with it so you know we just got to give it to the guy that was deserving of it or a guy who should have won it a year and you know year two years ago in the past and you know we're going to right the wrong this that the other thing it's like no this is a clear-cut favorite that you gave to somebody else because of name recognition and a stat that is not tangible that we can base this off of if he wasn't double teamed 64% of the time, whatever it was, if he was only double teamed 30% of the time, 20% of the time, sure, you can argue he would have had the stats to beat TJ Watt. But we cannot ever know that because it didn't happen. It's all circumstantial. And it drives me fucking nuts that you're robbing a young player of an award that he has never won is extremely difficult to win, may never win again because of this utter bullshit and give it to a guy who's won it twice and by all means, still the best defensive player did not earn it or deserve it this year. Um, I'm ending my rant. 
I'm giving myself half a point. For reference, um, I could not find it in any of the various ways we communicate, so I don't know how you sent it to me, but I couldn't find it. Um, but I found um, it in a different means. Um, uh, do you just Google JJ? Yeah, I, I, did, I did my Googles. Uh, TJ Watt versus Aaron Donald tackles. Watt had 53, Donald 41. Sacks, Watt had 15, Donald 13.5. Tackles for loss, Watt had 23, Donald had 12. Pressures, Watt with 55, Donald 42. QB hits, Watt 41, Donald 26. Forced fumbles, Watt had two, Donald had four. That's the one category Corey mentioned earlier. Pass defenses, Watt with seven, Donald with one. And interceptions, Watt with one, and Donald with zero. So if you are wondering, that is what Corwin was in reference to. Sorry, big man. It happens. It's one of those things where it's like, eh. You get over it. All right. Uh, Oh, uh, our fucking Super Bowl winner predictions. Uh, So I had predicted a Super Bowl matchup of Baltimore and New Orleans with a New Orleans victory. Neither of those teams made the show. They both got bounced early on. Um, New Orleans in more sad fashion than the uh, Ravens, I think, but neither of them made it. Neither of them won. Corwin, who'd you have? I had in the NFC Championship the Saints defeating the Cowboys. <laughs> in the AFC, I had the Chiefs defeating the Steelers. <laughs> uh, and in the Super Bowl, the Chiefs beating the Saints. Hmm. So what's that, like an eighth of a point, something like that? <laughs> it's an ounce of a point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man all right uh so those are i i don't know how do you think we did compare to to, to a standard year better worse on par on par we're not good at this no no we did on par i mean right. nobody can really be perfect at this there's too much that happens and that's just the way it goes but yeah it's I, a fucking crap shoot. on par with how we usually do I'll take on par. Uh, all right. So let's call it that on that then. Um, you want to talk about the Hall of Fame, the NFL Hall of Fame inductees for this year? A lot of very uh, recognizable names. Yeah, sure. All right. So this year, 2021, the NFL is inducting eight additional members into its Hall of Fame. Uh, th- these players are... Uh, guard Alan Fanica. Sure, I'm pronouncing that wrong. Nope. Coach and quarterback Tom Flores. Wide receiver Calvin Johnson. Safety John Lynch. Quarterback Peyton Manning. Uh, contributor Bill Nunn. Wide receiver Drew Pearson. And cornerback slash safety Charles Woodson. Um, so let's take these guys one at a time just to give uh, a little bit of time to each of them since these are some players we have uh, varying levels of familiarity with, but the players we're familiar with. Um, I mean, these are kind of players you and I grew up with. Uh, so yeah. let's start with Alan Fanica, or whoever, however it is you pronounce that, because Fanica getting... is correct. Oh, thank God. Um, uh, Fanica played from '98 to 2010. Jesus Christ, that yeah. is a long time. He was a rock star. Uh, nine-time Pro Bowl, six-time All-Pro, one-time Super Bowl champ, 
and he was a member of the all 2000s team. He played um, fucking 10 years with Pittsburgh, two years with the Jets, and finished out his career in Arizona. Uh, Corwin, do you have any recollection of Alan Fanica? Yeah, dude was uh, an absolute rock star for the Steelers. Um, You know, was uh, an anchor on that offensive line. Uh, absolutely fantastic guy. Obviously, you know, I, I don't have too much recollection. I was just far too young to um, vividly remember him playing. You know, I started following the Steelers in 2007, uh, Super Bowl year. Um, but, you know, everything I've heard of sports writers from Pittsburgh, all I've heard from, you know, family members who are Steelers fans, like he is beloved, truly beloved. So great on him for finally making it he's uh, been deserving of getting in for quite a while now so glad to see him make it yeah offensive lineman corwin and i often have difficulty discussing because it's like there's not good stats the way there is for running back stats or wide receiver stats or quarterback any of that shit um it really is so much just what did you see and how much did you retain like how does it look like he did and that type of shit but i do have one thing um that i can use to highlight um, what type of player Alan Fanica was. Um, he played for 13 seasons. In those 13 seasons, he had a total of 29 penalties called against him. Whoa. Holy shit. For, for reference. For reference, Larry Tunsil, first offensive lineman I, I could think of off the top of my head, um, has played for five seasons and has 50 penalties called against him. I will say that is definitely Laramie Tunsil's biggest detriment. And it's it's been discussed to a degree. I'll also say that's fucking insane. Yeah. Alan Fanica, fantastic. Love yeah, it. like 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 in, last year, 2019, Laramie Tunsil had 14 false starts. To get to 14 penalties, I mean, Al, that's fucking six, seven, eight, nine, thirteen. That's the first eight years of Alan Fanica's career <laughs> that Larry Tunsil had just last year, just in false starts. All I can think of is the meme of Principal Skinner from The Simpsons just like standing up and looking down, just going, pathetic. pathetic. Yeah. Yeah, that's fucking wild, man. Steamed hams? Yeah. Hi, Super Nintendo Chalmers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're telling me that aurora borealis is occurring entirely locally to your kitchen yes (laughs) uh, in this in this climate at this time of year (laughs) yes (laughs) now i'll be going to watch the simpsons in a minute (sighs) all right let's take on to the next one we got tom flores um, he was the first, if anyone watched the, uh, what beer commercial was that chorus or some shit? Um, it was the first Hispanic, uh, starting quarterback in the NFL played with the Oakland Raiders as quarterback from 1960 to 1966. Uh, he was also a member of the Buffaloes, Buffaloes, the Buffalo Bills for two and a half seasons, and then finished out his career in Kansas city. Um, in that time, he was a one-time Pro Bowler, a one-time Super Bowl champ, and a one-time AFL champ. Um, he is also now a member of the Hall of Fame. Um, he was also a coach. Let's find his fucking coach logs. 
he was elected as a coach. Yes, that's what I'm trying to. That's I wanted to start with the quarterback stuff because it was first. Hey, that the right term elected to the Hall of Fame. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it would, the only other alternative phrasing I could think would be selected, but I think both mm. work, right? Yeah, I will allow it. Where the fuck's his coaching shit? Why? Well, you're looking this up. I'll, I'll just keep rambling. I feel like I need to get a desk. Just like don't have one in in the new apartment since I moved in. So just sit here on my bed every week to record and. Not an issue for audio, but now that we have the camera and we're doing this on Zoom, it's like, ah, you know, moving around too much. It's a bad picture, bad quality, bad final product. Yeah, fuck you, Corwin. All right, I got it. Truth. So, um, he was coach of the Raiders for three years from 79 to 81. Then he was the coach of the Los, oh, sorry, Oakland Raiders. Then, the Raiders moved, and he became, stayed the coach with the Los Angeles Raiders from 82 to 87. So overall coaching the Raiders of some kind from 79 to 87, and then finished out his career as with a three-year stint in Seattle from 92 to 94, in which the Seahawks went 2-14, and 6-10, and 10, and then 6-10. and 10. So I, uh, yep, get that. I understand why that happened. Um, he won two more Super Bowls as the coach of the Oakland Raiders, winning it in 1980 and 1983, once in Oakland and once in Los Angeles. Um, and that's Tom Flores before both Corwin and my time. So I'm not sure what it is we have to say about it. Do you have anything, Corwin? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, being the first Latino coach to be elected to a Hall of Fame is, is a huge deal. I'm fairly certain he was the first Latino coach uh of you know latino descent so that's definitely huge um big on him it's one of those things where he was a guy who may have been on the bubble to an extent but first minority head coach of any kind yeah that's just such a huge um feat such a huge breakthrough that no doubt in my mind you know he's deserving so all all hands uh that idiom just just doesn't make any fucking sense so good on tom flores he's also got to be the only guy to win a super bowl two super bowls with the same team in different cities like there's no way that happens a lot winning with the oakland raiders and the los angeles raiders i i have a lot of random facts stored in my brain i don't have that one like there's Cause like, did anybody win with the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens when they changed cities? The NFL views well, no, that cause, as because the Browns because the Browns didn't win any Super Bowls before they became the Ravens, so no, that didn't happen. And the NFL doesn't view that as the same franchise, which is dumb. But right. you know, it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. The Cardinals never have never won the Super Bowl, so all their moves don't matter. And, you know, teams like who else would there be like the Oilers? That's a new franchise, new franchise um, that also never won the Super Bowl. What other teams moved? St. Louis, the Rams. I don't think so. They won as the Rams in 2000, but they they still haven't won, won since. Yeah. And no one's <laughs> no one from the 2000 Rams is still playing or coaching on the Rams. Um, yeah, I don't know. 
I don't I don't know if the Rams won before they moved to St. Louis, and I doubt it would be the same coach. Yeah, I, I don't. don't think they so. de- no, they definitely didn't. So, yeah, I don't know. Go Tom Flores. Go Tom Flores. All right. Uh, next guy that was mentioned was wide receiver Megatron Calvin fucking Johnson, um, mm-hmm. which is still a little uncomfortable to think that Calvin Johnson is not still active in the NFL. All that debacle around his retirement feels like it just happened. And I'm very upset by the fact he's already been retired long enough to be eligible for the hall of fame, but fuck, he deserves it. Uh, six time pro bowler, three time, all pro a member of the all 2010s team. Uh, Calvin Johnson played for uh, nine seasons. Did I count that right. I'm going to assume I did. It doesn't um, seem like that many. Damn. Right. Uh, because he played from 22 to 30 and like you'll see wide receivers play beyond 30 these days, but we'll get, it doesn't uh, all of his seasons were played with Detroit. Um, he retires with um, 731 receptions on 1312 targets, uh, 11,619 yards, 83 touchdowns, um, a yards per game of 86.1, a catch percent lifetime of 55.7, uh, 8.9 yards per target. Um, he at, at one point, the lead, what one point in his career led the league in receptions at two different points, led leading in yards and yards per game. And at one other point leading in touchdowns. Um, it's also worth noting that Calvin Johnson played on some of the worst teams in the NFL. And that makes this stat line, so much more this is a stat line that like if you didn't see calvin johnson play you're not going to appreciate it not necessarily because the stats aren't going to say it but because it's just tough to picture how fucking bad these teams were i mean like the the year in which he led all of the nfl in touchdowns was 2008 the lions defeated season when they went 0 and 16 like it cannot be overstated how bad these teams were that he was playing on. And he's the kind of guy where you look at his stats and he had, you know, incredible stat lines throughout his career. But if you just look at, you know, his football reference page and you don't watch the tape of him playing, like if you don't watch highlights, if you don't watch replays, it doesn't come across how, dominating of a player he was and how he changed football like he doesn't have the raw stat lines he doesn't have the raw accumulated stats throughout his career to be a first ballot hall of famer at wide receiver that being said you watch him play once and you just you throw up your arms just like how is this guy not in the hall of fame while he's actively playing so, uh, love Calvin Johnson. He was an absolute joy to watch. Wish he played for a better team. I'm sure he thinks much the same. Uh, but at the same time, I also know he's probably too nice of a guy to have said that. Do you think he'll pull out a Gronk and come back and sign with the Rams? Uh, there'd be less like of a six years after he retired. I was gonna say, it'd be years. less of a Gronk thing and more of a Mario Lemieux thing. Um, make the Hall of Fame and then unretire. Yeah. <laughs> um, the opposite of Yarmir Yager play until you're 50 and ref- like be uneligible ineligible to be even elected to the hall of fame 
Gordy Howe must have done that too, because he played in the nineties for like a little bit. I think they gave him an exemption. I think they voted him 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 in while he was active. No, I don't think that's true. Look up the year he was uh, elected. All right, we're doing it, Gordy. How hat trick. Ah, the Gordy hat. You know how you gotta do a thing a whole bunch of fucking times for them to name a thing after you. Mm -hmm. And it's gotta be real weird and unique. Yeah. Uh, fucking. I don't even. Gordy Howe has two honorary doctorates. That's really funny. Is Gordy Howe even like the leader in Gordy Howe hat tricks? That is a great question. I have no idea. I don't think so. Oh, there it is. Oh. Hold on. Holding. Nice. Hold on. Nice. What's going on? What are we seeing here? I. It looks like Corwin is right. Damn right, motherfucker. I know what's so, up. Gordy Howe was elected to the Hall of Fame in 1972, which is when... Ah, okay. So in 71, he left... was his last season with Detroit in the NHL. Then he went, he went to, to go play... NHL? He went to the WHA. Uh, he went uh -huh. to play with the Houston Arrows in the WHA, which, what does that stand for? World Hockey Association, I think. Yeah, World Hockey Association. So he played with the Houston Arrows for three seasons from 73, sorry, four seasons from 73 to 77, but got elected to the Hall of Fame in 72. So there was a gap year. Actually, sorry, there was a three-year gap. So he got elected to the Hall of Fame the year after he retired, which is also nuts. Then he unretired to play in the WHA for four seasons. Sorry, six seasons, because then after that, he played um, with the uh, New England Whalers in the WHA um, from 77 to 79. And then after that, he rejoined the NHL. And in 79 to, 7 to 1980, he played with the Hartford Whalers of the NHL. Jesus. With his son. Ridiculous. Absolutely. Gordy Howe, wild career. I know. My my God. Um, Do you think when Gordy Howe got a Gordy Howe hat trick, he just called it a hat trick? Hey guys, I got a hat trick. Tonight. No, you see, if I was Gordy Howe and I got a Gordy Howe hat trick, I would say I got my own fucking hat trick. <laughs> I think I'd be the guy in the locker room, like asking these questions, joking around, and he'd just punch me in the face. Gordy Howe he, also has the appearance. nicest guy, but I just imagine he'd punch me in the face for you. I mean, he's asking. Mr. Fucking Hockey. Um, yeah. He also had an appearance with the Detroit Vipers of the IHL in uh, 1997, played in one game. He was 69 years old. <laughs> nice. Oh, Gordy Howe. Jesus Christ. That's so fucking old. <laughs> oh, my God. He also made an appearance in uh, the, uh, the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He played uh, Cameron. Yeah, little known fact. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow, that's too fucking wild, man. That's too fucking wild. All right. Anyway, that's not what we were talking about. Um, next up, 
Hall of Fame, uh, John Lynch. He was a nine-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro, and a one-time Superb Owl champ. He played with the Tampa Bay Buckaroos from 1993 to 2003 and then finished his career at the four-year stint, stint in Denver. Um, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I have, like, no recollection of John Lynch, the player. Um, Corbin, do you have any recollection of John Lynch, the player? I do. He was a pretty spectacular safety. He was a uh, Hall of Fame he, player. He was. Yeah. You know, granted, you know, part of his Hall of Fame induction was as a player. Part of it is as a GM. Um, I will say just his talent at safety alone, just his playing ability is definitely worthy of uh, being selected for the Hall of Fame. Um, he is a uh, he was a a bullet just flying across the secondary. And, uh, you know, obviously I was never alive to actually actively see him play, but the highlights I've seen, the interviews I've seen about him, you know, it's, it's, he was a pretty spectacular player. I mean, Corbin, I think you were alive to see him play since most of his career took place after you were born. Listen here, fucker. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I know. Um, no comment. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's turn to it to one of the the other lesser known players on this list, um, Peyton Manning. Who? <laughs> yep. Her. 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 Uh, Peyton Manning, fourteen time Pro Bowl, seven time All Pro, two time Super Bowl champ, five time MVP, made a um, member of the All Two Thousands team. Uh, 20, 2004 AP Offensive Player of the Year, 2005 Walter Payton Man of the Year, 2013 AP Offensive Player of the Year, 2003 Burt Bell Award, 2004 Burt Bell Award, 2012 AP Comeback Player of the Year, and 2013 Burt Bell Award. Um, I have no idea what the fuck the Burt Bell Award is, but he won it several times. Um, let's find out what the Burt Bell Award is. Do you have any? Do you know what this is? Never heard of it, or at least no recollection of hearing it. The Burt Bell Award is presented by the Maxwell Football Club to the Player of the Year in the National Football League. The award is named in honor of Burt Bell, commissioner of the NFL and founder of the Maxwell Club. I know the Maxwell Club. I've never heard of the Burt Bell Award. Neither have I. Apparently, the current holder is Lamar Jackson, so they're still giving this award presently. But, yeah, I have never heard of it. Uh, anyway uh peyton manning's career is ludicrous and insane and i love it uh he retires with uh 6129 completions on 9380 attempts a quarterback record by the way of 186 to 79 um fuck that's so good um 71,940 yards, 539 touchdowns, uh, 251 interceptions. He had uh, a yards per game of 270.5, a career touched uh, quarterback rating of 96.5. Um, he had one, uh, he had various times in his career led the league, led the entire NFL in completions. Uh, attempts, completion percent, yards, touchdowns, touchdown percent, interceptions only once his rookie year. And what's funny is he led the league in interceptions, but not interception percent, which means someone out there done really fucked up. Um, Vinny Testaverde. 
Oh, I, I hope don't know was. that. I'm just making oh. that assumption. Oh my God. Hold on. Now I have to look. That is, that'd be the most Vinny Testaverde thing ever. Please tell me that's true. Oh, I, I need really that guess so. to be right. Okay. That's team offense, passing offense. Show me players. Show me players. Yeah, that's the problem with uh, football reference. It's hard finding those individual player stats just out of nowhere. Hold on. No, we're doing... Oh, player stats. Standard Here we go. Passing. Here we go. Satellite radio time to get with the... Boom, boom. All right. All right. Interception percent. Ah, it was Ryan Leaf. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's fucking 6. funny. 6.1. Hold on. In 98... Wait. 98, Ryan Leaf started nine games, went three and six, threw two touchdowns to 15 interceptions. Six point one percent interception percent, zero point eight touchdown percent. Remember when people thought he should get drafted ahead of Peyton Manning? Oh my god, that's so fucking bad. Holy shit. That's fucking oh hilarious. Um where are you, Vinny? Because now at Vinny Testaverde, a 1.7 touchdown percent, fourth best in the NFL that year. Fuck. What about interception percent? That's what I just said. You said touchdown percent. I meant to say interception percent. Okay. That yes. makes sense. Yeah, Vinny that year uh, went 5-5 five and five as a quarterback, uh, 10 touchdowns to 6 interceptions. So, like, not great, but uh, not Ryan Leaf. Josh, I know you do far more than your fair share of all of Oh, sorry, that was Rich Gannon, 29. For, for Vinny Testaverde, was 29 touchdowns to seven interceptions. 29 touchdowns. That's way better. Okay. Sorry about that, folks. What yeah, did you say, okay. Corwin? Um, I know you already do pretty much all of the heavy lifting with scheduling, you know, appearances and things like that with the podcast, getting all these interviews set up. Can we reach out to Vinny Testaverde? Please. You think Vinny Please. has a Twitter? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have a, one of my Penn State jerseys is the guy that picked him off in the Fiesta Bowl to cost them the national championship. So I'll definitely wear that when we bring him on. That'll be fun. Vinny Testaverde does not have a Twitter. He has a son who does. Who's that we'll get, son? Uh, I forget the Snape, but it's it's Vinny not Testaverde Vinny Testaverde Jr. Jr. <laughs> no. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm not seeing a Vinny. Te- I don't see one on Instagram either. Damn, I'll track him down. I'll see. I'll I'll I'll, I'll try his booking agent. Offer him five whole Delores. It is Vinny Testaverde Jr. <laughs> of co- of course it is. Of course he goes. It is. He goes by Vincent. Fuck that Mitchell Trubisky bullshit. Um. Anywho. Uh, Anywho. Hold on. hold on. Let's have let's have a quick side by side comparison between Brady stats and Manning stats. Okay. Just because Brady or Manning stats is just so full of bold numbers, uh, which on the various reference pages for sports reference indicate that you led the league in something. And Brady's has some, but man, not nearly as many. 
because he's not as good. So let's see. Brady let Brady never let in completions. Manning did four times. Um, Brady led in attempts once, which doesn't really matter. Uh, and Manning led in three led that three times, but again, stats doesn't matter. Um, completion percent, Brady led once, Manning led twice. Yards, Brady led three times, Manning led three times. Touchdowns, Brady led four times, Manning led four times. Touchdown percent, Brady led twice, Manning led once. Um, Brady never led an interceptions quantity, um, which Manning did. <laughs> Brady also led in lowest interception percent four times, which Manning never did once. Um, long this touchdown. Who gives a shit about that? Brady led in yards per attempt once. Um, Manning led it once. Brady led in yard, at, at adjusted yards per attempt twice. Manning led in it once. Brady never led in yards per completion. Manning did that once. Brady led in yards per game twice. Manning led it twice. Brady led in quarterback rating twice. Manning led it three times. Brady led in QBR twice. Manning led that four times. Brady led in net yards per attempt once. Manning led that four times. And Brady led in adjusted net yards per attempt twice. Manning led that four times. Uh yeah. Looks like yeah. Then Brady led an av- approximate value twice as did Manning. Interesting. Interesting. Where do you side in this debate? I've always wanted to say Peyton Manning. I think on the field he was a better quarterback. Looking at it now, I don't I mean, there's no way you could say anyone but Tom Brady. I mean, the guy won seven Super Bowls. I know it's not like the end-all, be-all stat. It's a team stat, not an individual award. But you don't do that without being the best. And, you know, if it was closer, you know, Peyton Manning won two, went to three. Um, that doesn't stand up to going to 10 and winning seven. Like, that's just too significant so it's got to be tom brady in my book as much as it pains me to say that i i always have such a hard time with it because no one thinks yogi Berra is the greatest baseball player of all time even though he won like 10 of them he has he has 13 world series rings 10 as a player and then three as a coach slash manager um a little like, different, though. No one thinks no one thinks Yogi Berra is the greatest catcher of all time, right. um, let let alone baseball player. I will definitely argue, though, the impact a catcher has on a baseball team is a lot less than the impact a quarterback does on a football team. I, oh, and no, I, I I get it, and I'm not trying to like say these are definitive arguments. Like my other thing is, who do you think is the greater pitcher? Sandy Koufax or Clayton Kershaw? Sandy Koufax. Well, Sandy Koufax didn't play very long. Clayton Kershaw's career is significantly longer. And Clayton Kershaw is going to end his career with a lot more war than Sandy Koufax. Sandy Koufax is what, like 45 war? He didn't play for very long. No idea. Hold on. I have to look that up. I, I, I can't be slandering 
fellow Jew, Sandy Koufax, here on the pod. Um, yeah, well, Sandy Koufax is in the Hall of Fame, and Clayton Kershaw isn't. Because he's Peyton still Manning's active. in the Hall of Fame, and Tom Brady isn't. So, oh, fair. There we go. Sandy Koufax, forty-eight point nine WAR. Um, Kershaw has more than that. Yeah, I'm almost certain of it, but I'm going to pull up his stats page just to see. 69.6. Yeah, and he ain't even done yet. But I think there is um, an argument to be made. I'm not sure how much I want to argue it, but I think there's an argument to be made that Sandy Koufax's peak, which is what got him into the Hall of Fame, is so comically high, it might surpass Kershaw's peak. And if you want to ask who's the better... Like, what I'm trying to get at is... I will forever think that Peyton Manning was a better on the field quarterback than Tom Brady, having gotten the chance to watch both of them play very significant number of football minutes, but fuck man. How do you look at Tom Brady's success as a player over the number, just sheer quantity of years that he did it and discount it. And I, 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 Two years ago, I'd have solidly argued Peyton Manning, which I have many times, um, and not given Tom Brady any credit in the conversation, which has now changed to where I'm a little bit more split. But uh, I don't know, man. It nope. also helps that I'm, I'm a right huge Tom Brady hater. So, Well, as is everyone else who has ever lived through his reign of terror. Yeah, every AFC East fan. Who's worth, Tom Brady or Joffrey Baratheon? <sighs> Brady, because Baratheon couldn't vote. <laughs> they didn't vote, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, uh, yeah, Clayton, Kersh- Clayton Kershaw, Jesus Christ. Peyton Manning... Um, I mean, it, it, it was known he was going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer since pre-neck injury when he was still on the It's like 2004. Well, basically. Uh, but the 2011 season that he missed. Uh, yeah, I mean, unfucking, he holds the, the touchdown record in his 2013 campaign with 55. Fucking nuts. Um, yeah, this is a no fucking brainer. Uh, all right, that brings us to the next guy, contributor Bill Nunn. I'm not sure I actually know who Bill Nunn is. He was a longtime scout for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, he was the guy behind that 1970 draft class where the Steelers drafted four and signed one free agent who all became Hall of Famers. Oh, wow. Um, you know, the Steelers' war room is named after him. Uh you know, not many scouts make it to the Hall of Fame. Bill Nunn is absolutely deserving of that. Uh, all-time great. Okay. Okay. So I looked up Bill Nunn, and apparently that is also the name of the actor who played Radio Rahim in Do the Right Thing. <laughs> and I I had a moment where I was like, wait, <laughs> that guy <laughs> signed all these Hall of Famers? and And you know what? Bill Nunn from from Do the Right Thing is also from Pittsburgh. No way, that's funny. So I'm looking at it and I'm like, wait, wait, wait. No, very different guy. Oh my god, that'd be fucking a story though. 
if you look up a picture of Bill Dunn, it you know looks very different. I I'm choosing to live in in my reality because wow, is it fun here? Oh, hundred um, percent. Yeah, that's just a blast. Wow. All right, that brings us to the next guy, uh, Drew Pearson. Uh, Drew Pearson. It was a three-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro, one-time Super Bowl champ, and a part of the all-1970s team. He was a wide receiver. He played his entire career, as 11 seasons with Dallas. Um, he led the league in yards once and yards per game once. Uh, he finished his career with 489 receptions. Um, I don't see targets. This might be pre-targets as a, as a stat. Uh, so 489 receptions. 7,822 yards, 48 touchdowns. Um, he also had uh, 189 rushing yards with zero rushing touchdowns. Fucking scrub. Um, but, yeah, it's part of the Dallas dynasty, I would assume. He has one touchdown ring in there from 1977. He also has uh, um, some uh, seven pass attempts. Three – hold on. So, on seven pass attempts, he has three touchdowns and two interceptions. But – on a hundred, no, um, fucking twenty-one rush attempts, he has zero touchdowns. He has a better touchdown percent passing than rushing, and that is a goofy stat. You're not wrong. That is quite goofy. That's like the goofy movie levels of goofy. Uh, it's an extremely goofy movie. Levels of goofy. <laughs> I'd love us. A sequel. <laughs> I'd fucking love us. Which is better in your mind? Well, I mean, they're both classics. Probably it's extremely like goofy movie. Oh. Which, is the, which is the one where uh, Max goes to college? Fuck. I don't know. Whichever that one is, is the better one. Fair. All right. Now what? <laughs> Oh, well, there's one player left. I don't know if you had anything to say about, about our man, Drew Pearson. Who? Oh, yeah. No, do not know who that is. It, 1970s wide receiver, so not. Oh, yeah. Wow. Here. Okay. Of course. I know him, know him well. All right. Last guy, then. Uh, we know him well. Uh, Charles Woodson. Um, he was a uh, member. He was a uh, fucking, God damn it, uh, nine-time Pro Bowl winner, four-time All-Pro Pro Bowl winner? Pro Bowl selected? I don't know. One-time Super Bowl champ, a member of the All-2000s team, 1998 AP Defensive Rookie of the Year, and 2009 AP Defensive Player of the Year. 11 years apart for those honors. Um, he played 18 seasons in the NFL, 11 of them with Oakland, and then seven of them with Green Bay in the middle. He played for, with, with Oakland from 98 to 2005, Green Bay from 06 to 2012 and then finished out his career back in Oakland for 2013 through 15. Um, he finished his career with 65 interceptions leading in that category twice um, and 11 touchdowns leading in that category once with three touchdowns and nine interceptions in 2009 in what is a stupid fucking campaign. Um, God damn. 33 forced fumbles, 18 fumble recoveries, um, two more touchdowns on those fumbles jesus christ uh <laughs> when they started tracking quarterback hits he eventually ended up with 21 of them um, but he had been doing this pre 
the tracking of that stat. And when they started tracking tackles for loss, he ended up accumulating 54 of them, but he also started doing that before they started tracking that stat. He also got 20 sacks over the course of his career. Um, damn. Charles fucking Woodson. God damn. I have nothing to add to this because Charles Woodson is like the Peyton Manning of defensive backs. So uh, he's just one of those players where it's like, I, I have nothing to add because we all know who he is as a player. We all have seen him play. We've all seen the extent of, of what he's done. And, you know, dude won a Heisman trophy as a defensive player. Enough said. What Ran do you think? Different league. What do you think is more shocking that, he got three touchdowns on nine interceptions in one year, or uh, the fact that over the course of his entire career, he had 90 punt returns and five kick returns and never scored a touchdown on those returns. Um, I don't think it's that crazy just because of how difficult that is and how – you know, it's something that's really, you know, nice to see, or it's like a really great feat to see. And there's some guys who are just naturally good at it. But, you know, if you're an actual, you know, defensive player who, you know, just fits into that role, it shouldn't be expected. And even though, you know, this is a Hall of Fame discussion, we shouldn't be just talking about like what should be expected from like an average player. Uh, I don't think it's a detriment to him at all. You know, you have, see guys like Devin Hester who's scored like what, like a dozen. And that was his entire role in the NFL and, and what makes him a Hall of Fame player. So, no, I, I won't hold it against him. No, I mean it more like it's surprising. Not surprising because, again, no one should expect ever getting touchdowns on those um, returns, even though that's kind of the goal. Um, but it's like you have the talent to score three touchdowns on interception and when you have an when you get interception even as a strong safety you're, you're probably not getting them you know like as downfield as like a go route cornerback um or the cornerback who covers go routes i should say um you still have to like go through the entire offense ish to get through uh for a touchdown on an interception which is relatively similar in quantity of players you may well have to get through on a return but he never broke through in the return part so it's like you have the skill in this one, which I guess just goes to show, hey, there are different positions. <laughs> they have different skill sets. Um, but it's interesting, like, you know, you you have the ability to, like, you know, finagle your way through all the players on in, in one phase and not the other. But maybe that's just a case for why Devin Hester is so good at what he did. Yeah, um, for real. Yeah. He also has uh, – wait, I just lost it. Oh, no, he doesn't have any receiving touchdowns. I thought he did. Sorry, folks. He had two receptions, one in 99 and one in 2000 as like wide receivers, I guess, um, which is hilarious, but no, no touchdowns. Oh, well. All right. So that's all the players for the NFL. Um, man, we've been going for a while. I don't know how long it's been. Do you? Like two hours. What? Jesus. Uh, so we should probably wrap this up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's still more to talk about that we haven't gotten to. J.J. Uh, Watt got cut by the Texans because he asked for it, and then that means we have to figure out what his next 
um, role is and why or why not it is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, and, you know, there's other things, but I guess we'll get to those in due time. Um, anything else for today before we <clears throat> before we roll out of here, Corwin? No, I don't, I don't think there's anything that we can talk about that would dignify extending this podcast any further than we already have. All right. Well, if you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at Juicing Pod. If you want to hit us up via email, you can do so at juicingthenumbers at gmail.com. And if you know Vinny Testaverde, you find him and you let him know we want him. We do. Get we do. If you know where to find one Mr. Vinny Testaverde Sr., apparently, tell him we're looking for him. Um, Get us Vinny. We need Mr. Testaverde. Um, but anyway, that's the show for this week. We will, uh, yeah, I guess we'll we'll be back at it later on. So uh, until Thursday, y'all have a good one. Bye.